Welcome to the Oxygen Mass Podcast. If you are here as a parent or caregiver, educator or grandparent, we are glad to have you listening. This program is geared for the autism parent, but we welcome and invite all who are drawn to be here with us. I'm Tara and I'm your co-host along with my partner, Beth. The title of this podcast, The Oxygen Mask, is based on a metaphor. Just as you are instructed on an airplane to put on your own mask before helping others, we believe we need to practice helping ourselves as parents so we can best help our children. Hi, I'm Beth. At the beginning of each episode, we'll turn that metaphor, that symbol of an oxygen mask, into a concrete practice, pausing a few minutes each day to quiet our busy minds and breathe into our bellies provides a surge of stress-reducing neurochemicals. With practice over time, we actually build pathways in our brains that help reduce our stress response. So even if you hit play on this podcast about to enter multitasking mode, please take a moment of pause for yourself. Let's begin. Close your eyes softly and bring your attention to your feet as they contact the surface beneath them, rooting you to this moment. Roll your shoulders back. Let them settle in a strong, relaxed posture. Take a belly breath in through your nose. Feel the sensation of air in your nostrils, in the back of your throat. Exhale slowly. Notice your chest fall and your belly soften. Draw another deep breath into your belly. Envision the cool air swirling up across your forehead. Exhale, picturing the warm air going down the back of your neck and over your shoulders. Bring your attention to your face, your temples, your jaw. Take a final cleansing breath in. At the top of your in-breath, Bend your elbows and softly place your hands on your hips. Exhale slowly, perhaps letting a smile curl the corners of your mouth. Hold this posture for a few seconds as you open your eyes. Again, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Hi, everybody. This is Tara, and I'm here with my co-host, Beth. And today on episode 10, we're going to talk about some of the best things that people have said to us on our autism journey. Um, It's always easy, at least it's easy for me to remember some of the worst things that people have Mm -hmm. said because they kind of stick with you and, you know, maybe you hold on to grudges like I do sometimes. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we've all experienced some of that judgment, whether it's intentional or not, from loved ones or strangers. And, you know, those words can kind of take us down. But in an effort to kind of switch that uh, framework around, I want we wanted to take some time to recall some of the best things that people have said um, so that we can dwell in a more positive space. A little boost of positivity. Yeah, yeah. Here. And maybe that'll inspire you, too, to think of some of those things. So mm-hmm. what sort of encouragement has been especially meaningful to you, Beth? Um, I think the one, one example really sticks out for how unique it is, I think, um, to me. So um, we had been doing, like, swim lessons when Lucas was a three-year-old, three-and-a-half or so. And um, locker room, the, it was so hard. He would squirm <laughs> around. He would be running around half-dressed. And, and it was like a shared locker room for all kinds of kids doing these little <laughs> lessons. And there was this mom and her two girls in there. And 
inevitably, he, while I was trying to get him in or out of his swimming trunks, he would like totally be in somebody else's space, like yeah. climbing right right next to her or on their pile of clothes. And it was just kind of embarrassing. And I was apologizing left and right. Oh, I could totally see that. Because yeah. like, as soon as kids get out of their clothes, they're like, woo, I'm free. Right. And run around like crazy. And it's kind of echoey in there. And it's cool. You're wearing, yeah, different clothes. And maybe you just got all wet anyway. So uh, locker rooms for swimming have always been hard for us. But anyway, this um, uh, one day, uh, I think as we were about to leave, um, exasperated as always, she this woman that was in there with her daughters handed me a card and said, here, I'd like you to have this. And I was like, are you, are you sure? And yeah, yeah, it's for you, she said, and just kind of insisted but didn't want to say more. And so I grabbed <laughs> the card and uh, got the kids out to the car, and I opened it, and it just said inside, like, I've seen you week after week Aww. working with your kiddo, getting them ready, and I just, you really are an example of patience, and it um, kind of speaks to me and encourages me to be more patient with my kids. And anyway, oh I was like, that's what she got out of all that? Awesome! Like, yeah, you need to have I... that framed for those low right. moments, but that's amazing. Yeah. So she just had like a Starbucks card and oh. happy early Mother's Day. It was like the sweetest thing that has ever happened. To be told like, hey, I see you and you're doing a good job. That's right. just like, oh, how uplifting. I mean, and then Starbucks on top of that is yeah. even better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the drink. I did. I kept that note. And it just meant a lot to be noticed by somebody like a complete stranger versus yes we like my parents my spouse friends encourage me on a regular basis and those things I could afford to hold on to and yeah and thread that sort of story but that was just one that really stuck out for being surprising to me so that's awesome yeah. I love that story yeah I think some of the um best moments that we have, have and, and worst moments too have certainly come through the school system um and we've had just some amazing educators who have just really gone out of their way to kind of um, not only say nice things, but to incorporate really good practices into my son's mm-hmm. education. So I think one of the um, best things that somebody said early on was Alex was at his therapy center and he was kind of in between. Um, he had graduated from like the one-on-one um, group to the small group and then was kind of on the verge of, of graduating up to like the next level, which was sort of a model preschool program. So, you know, a teacher and an aide and lots of kids. Mm -hmm. So, but he was in this in-between group and, um, Frankly, he was kind of having some behaviors, and I could see that he was actually learning these bad behaviors from the other kids. Mm -hmm. Um, He was kind of, I thought he was ready to move on because he was sort of acting out and taking on behaviors of kids that weren't quite as far along as he was, Um, biting, for example, which he had Mm -hmm. never done before. Mm -hmm. And so his current teacher was like, well, we have to get these behaviors under control before he's able to move on to the next level. And I was kind of of the mindset, like, I think he just needs to move up because he's, you know, frustrated here Mm -hmm. with this level. And um, I spoke to the teacher of the next level up and she was kind of of the same mindset. And she's like, let's try it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I love that. It's not, it wasn't absolute. It wasn't like he has to stay here or he has to go here. It was like, let's try it. Let's try it for a week. And if it's not a good fit, then we'll bounce him down again and Mm -hmm. he can work on some things or maybe he'll rise to the challenge. Mm -hmm. And he did. And, and he had, you know, a few bumps along the way, but that first week they did the trial, he did great. Mm. Um, and so like to the point that the behaviors he was having, he wasn't having anymore. So Mm -hmm. 
it was kind of a sign, or and it still has been a sign for me, when he's gotten bored and is ready to level mm-hmm. up, he kind of gets ornery and mm. acts out. So yeah. that was one of the best things that um, that teacher could have said to us, and I've kind of kept that in our in our mind. Yeah. So well, there's some freedom in that. Like, yes, we 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 experiment, we try, we figure right. things out, and we're going to watch, we're going to pay attention, and make this decision. Yeah, thoughtfully. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I love it when you find um, an educator with like the confidence to say, "Yeah, let's try it." Like, right. I'm willing to take that kind of risk or experiment or learn on the fly. Um, you just really get to see how teaching is an art form and that yeah. it's a dynamic kind of creative process. And Right. Um, yeah. The best teachers certainly make it an art form and, yeah. and are really um, thoughtful and intentional about how, mm-hmm. they're, how they're teaching their students. Mm-hmm. Um, another example that um, I still think this was just like the greatest thing that um, Alex's fourth grade teacher, and it was actually his autism teacher, um, had suggested to me that she wanted Alex to represent their class on the student council. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> First of all, I didn't even know that, that was a thing. And really it was not like, I mean, it was really cool for him, but it was also not um, like a high school student council. So it was mm. very minimal in effort and mm-hmm. responsibility. And yet um, the other kids in the rest of the school would run for the office. Um, she decided that in her autism class, because losing is problematic, mm-hmm. um, that she decided to appoint two students from her class to represent their class, which yeah, I think cool. was a really cool accommodation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she asked Alex to do this. And it wasn't something that I even thought was um, not only not possible, it wasn't even on my radar. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even known to advocate for it mm-hmm. um, because I didn't know, you know, it's not like Alex came home and said, I'm going to run for student council. Like yeah. it was, it was something that she approached me and said, what do you think? And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only did he handle it, but it was just really, really good for him. Uh, Cause he had to get up in front of the classes and talk about, you know, what spirit week was coming up and um, mm, cool. Yeah. Did it, she kind of describe her why a little bit like you get, yeah. I love it when you can listen to a teacher and yeah. learn more about your kid and that. Well, right. And part of it was like he was one of the older kids in her group because it was mixed Mm -hmm. ages. And so, you know, he was old enough to have that responsibility. Um, And she thought he would do a good job representing. And she also thought it would be really good for him because he was a little... Alex is very all business when it comes to school. And Mm -hmm. this actually gave him a sense of pride Mm -hmm. in his community. Like Mm -hmm. he was representing um, and he was part of the school, Mm -hmm. you know. So I think that was the first time he really felt like school was his. You know, he was part of that. Something bigger than just going to class and, and, um, you know, doing the classes and stuff. So that was really cool. And that was Mm -hmm. still remarkable to me because... Like I said, I wouldn't have... I'm a great advocate for him, but I don't even know what I can advocate for sometimes. Right. So being presented mm-hmm. with, here's an idea, I think this is a good fit for mm-hmm. him, was so helpful. Yeah, yeah, having a clear sense of what, how things work and what's the why of the student council in elementary school is to, to right. have that sense of belonging, sense yeah. of leadership. And yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think um, this is it was an early experience for us, but... Um, 
an example of an educator who you, you kind of sizes up your kid and sees the good stuff and grabs it, you know, mm-hmm. goes for it. Um, Lucas was a very early reader and would be really dramatic in his reading. <laughs> and um, this was when in kindergarten when kids are still working on their sounding things out. And so he kind of stuck out in that way. And she plopped him on her chair around wow. the rug and said, hey, Lucas is going to read this time. And he would sit up there and read oh and gosh. the kids thought it was the coolest thing. I was going to say, I bet he thought <laughs> yeah. he was a little hero, right? Yeah, and she just, it wasn't anything to question, consider. She just did it. And yeah. she was so, so dynamic that way. That was the same teacher that recognized that getting dressed and undressed for recess was really hard. So she said, hey, just so you know, we're, we're putting his stuff over in this part of the room and he gets dressed over there. And just really thought that wasn't, mm-hmm. didn't require some, you know, specialist coming in and making suggestions. She just sort of said, hey, this isn't working. I can right. do something about that, yeah. you know. And that year I was following her lead and she would I just trusted that she would even give me a call. Something's not working today. Do you have any suggestions yeah. on those? Are the best? Yeah, the best mm-hmm. educators are ones that I feel have been really collaborative with me because I've always said like I'm an expert on Alex, right. but you are an expert in your realm, in your classroom, mm-hmm. in the school, in teaching methods. I don't know how to teach them, right. you know, right. um, but. I am an expert in what works for him and what mm-hmm. doesn't work. So being collaborative and, and kind of saying, yeah, I think mm-hmm. this will work or not work. And I don't want to be the one that says, um, I want mm-hmm. him to be on student council or, you know, yeah. like that feels very directive. I would rather, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, the collaboration has always been really important to me. So And teachers who appreciate and get to know our kids and appreciate their strengths, those are the ones that can help them, push them beyond what yes. we might think is possible. Like right. we do have limited, like I, I do yes. at least I do will act more out of my fears and sort of be conservative about oh, yeah. expectations versus kind of grab hold of something. I know. Reach, and you know? I am, you know, the, the one that kind of talks about like, let's stay in the strengths based mode mm-hmm. and he can do anything and let's not limit. And yet you're right. I have right. clearly been limiting in my beliefs with him mm-hmm. at times too. In fact, he's um, very active in scouting. And I remember the first weekend that he was going to go to an overnight camp um, without a parent, his brother's were there, so I don't even know why I was worried. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's the first time he's had to sleep away outside, mm-hmm. and it was going to be cold and maybe rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was being a little the funny part hovering. too is that your other boys are there. I know and you're not and worried I'm about them worried. at all. No, the, they were fine. The one. Yeah, it was just oh. the little one who had mm-hmm. never been, a, who was you know yeah. has sensory issues about right. weather and um, going to sleep and you know eating mm-hmm. and all of those things. But yet, you know, I knew this would be really good for him. But the scoutmaster liked to tease me about, you know, Mm -hmm. like, he's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I'm like... All right, I know, you right. know, but like I'm trying to cover all my bases. And in fact, they were camping at a, a scout camp that's across the lake from where my parents live. And I literally stayed the night at their house just in case anything went Binoculars wrong. Binoculars around <laughs> your neck. <laughs> I couldn't see him, but I could have gotten to him very quickly. Um, so, you know, and he was fine. And in fact, um, he did great and then tried new foods and mm-hmm. didn't melt down, of course, until I picked him up. And then he kind of, you know, let yeah. loose because it had been raining and, you know, like that's really uncomfortable. And but he did it, and he, mm-hmm. now he's he's one of their leaders at camp, and he's gone on week long right, right. uh, excursions without any mm-hmm. parental assistance. So yeah. yeah, but even parents take baby steps. Yeah, right? I was not ready for it, <laughs> right. and so it became yeah a limiting kind of situation. So mm-hmm. I appreciate all the educators too that will kind of gently nudge and mm-hmm. and. St- 
stretch and push him just a little bit and know how know how to do that in the right way mm-hmm. you know yeah so yeah it, out of a knowledge of your kid not right. out of an arbitrary sort of we should be doing this by right. now or something like that right. yeah the other thing i think that um really brings me joy encouragement um is just seeing really authentic connections with our mm-hmm. kids like mm-hmm. i look back over the years and there are paras i think paras are just amazing uh, and right? lovely it's collecting these people and looking back over the years thinking wow there were they truly cared about yes yeah and it's it's not um it's not part of their job it's like be, it's truly authentic like mm-hmm. you said there's a there's something about you know the impact that they make on each other i think think so yeah um, yeah, he Alex had a teacher once that I didn't really know very well and I'm not even sure if she was um, special ed or not Um, she might have been in resource but not Mm -hmm. not a teacher that Alex normally had but was kind of in his circle at times Mm -hmm. anyway I had run into her and didn't know her well but ran into her at the family fun night thing I think it was and she came up to me she's like oh my gosh are you Alex's mom I have to tell you a story Mm -hmm. I was like oh no (laughs) what what story are we gonna get because mm-hmm. there's usually something funny attached to it but mm-hmm. um no she told me the story where she was having a really rough day and I don't know what that constituted of but um you know like teachers do you're, you're human and and she had a rough day and Alex noticed that she was having a rough day mm-hmm. and went out of his way to give her a hug and and just yeah. kind of console her a little wow. bit which was really sweet and it didn't surprise me that he did this because mm-hmm. that's pretty um, common for him to notice somebody he's really attuned to other people's emotions and you know doesn't like people to be upset so mm-hmm. he kind of tries to do what's right to fix that mm-hmm. and you know he knows like giving a hug and, and recognizing makes people happy so mm-hmm. um, but Aww. I was really yeah it was really sweet and she was really touched by it and not in a oh I'm so surprised kind of way but mm-hmm. surprised in the general population of kids that any one of them would have come up and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. noticed that she was upset and, and did something about it. So she was really sweet about telling me about that. And yeah. I was touched because it was really nice to have somebody else see his compassion. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, he can either be really big with his emotions or kind of shut down with them. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of just see a a normal compassionate Moderate, yeah right uh, you know mm-hmm. display was hmm. was really sweet that she was able to point that out so yeah right yeah when you can there's a dimension that you absolutely treasure of your kid yeah. and somebody else gets glad a somebody else saw that. it yeah. yeah so it was right. that kind of authentic connection mm-hmm. um and then our, you know recently too i mean a lot of my these stories have come you know in educate um elementary years but yeah. you know he's now a freshman in high school and so um there's still moments you know that we that I've witnessed that have just like kind of warmed my heart but mm. he's been actively involved in band performances so they performed and then they had a break um and that break they were supposed to wait out in the cafeteria area mm-hmm. where really wasn't all teachers around I mean they're middle schoolers it's not like they need babysitting but at the same time I was doing the hovering thing right mm-hmm. like just making sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so I was trying to be cool because it's middle school and I was like stepping back Good so I didn't that. right I was trying to like to cramp his style but I just wanted to make sure that he 
knew what he was supposed to be doing, right? So, because mm-hmm. um, this was new, mm-hmm. and he kind of kind of got it. He was sort of like hanging around his group of um, bandmates, but on the on the edges, right? Like, yeah. and that's sort of what he does is kind of watches mm-hmm. and listens and sort of participates, but doesn't really like jump in. And it's not like he wants to jump in, but he just kind of mm-hmm. hangs out. And so he's doing this kind of pacing around where the kids were. And finally, one of the girls just said, "Hey, Alex, come sit with us." And I was like, oh, that was just so sweet because I saw that he probably should sit with the group because he was the only one kind of standing outside of it. Mm-hmm. And yet I knew he didn't know to like, hey, can I sit down here or mm-hmm. be cool enough to just kind of like plop himself mm-hmm. down or even recognize like that that was what he was supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. I'm sure he was like in his head thinking about the next mm-hmm. concert and stuff. So just that somebody noticed that he was not a part of the group and mm-hmm. made him the part of the group was really cool. Yeah. And it wasn't out of pity and it wasn't out of anything. It was like, hey, Alex, come join us, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, my gosh. I yeah. just sat there with tears in my eyes, you know? It was just a really yeah. cool, authentic connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more out of, like, hey, you're a band kid and mm-hmm. the band kids are sitting here. Mm-hmm. Come sit with us, yeah. you know? so Well, and I think the longer you go with a kid who has different social needs and has struggled in the past, the more more precious those moments are where yeah. you're like and and you could we could go without the baggage and fear we bring to that yeah. like we overthink it and yeah. um I know recently we tried um skiing for the very first time oh, and fun. I was like we were, I was on the bunny slope right with them because I needed some practice and, <laughs> um but then these kids that were that we knew that were there were like come on let's go up this yeah. on this slope or whatever and I was like are you sure and really <laughs> by the end of the afternoon the, he could he did go I on know. without me and I was like whoa this is awesome and yeah. it just, it, with the right like support set up, time to practice or whatever, yeah. and he was ready to fly. It was great. Um, Maybe that's our next show, you know, uh, us and our limiting beliefs that right. we have. I think we're uncovering <laughs> something here. Oh, we, gosh. We've right. said that this show is really more therapy for the yeah. two of us than anything. Right. So. <laughs> I think the other thing when we talk about authentic connections is just when people discover, like, you can kind of see in their eyes this, whoa, okay, mm. like a strength or that that maybe they don't know you and your kid very well, but you start to take it for granted. But when somebody notices it, it's like, wow, like we have a friend who um, just will strike up a conversation with Lucas or ask a question about um, mazes or the kind of games that he's into. And it'll suddenly go pretty deep or complex. They'll be asking whys and taking things apart. Like they do kind of interesting things when they spend time together. But that's so cool. um, when they really enter in with curiosity and appreciation. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, that so. authentic like interest in, in hey, mm-hmm. your kid's really remarkable and I want to learn more, mm-hmm. you know, about what he knows or how he thinks. And right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, especially at family friends. And sometimes it happens with doctors. We had a doctor that Lucas wrote a maze for him and he was like, can I make copies for, of this for the whole? Oh, wow. For the whole, like all the other staff here, they'll love this, you know. And so it was kind of cool to that's really share. Cool. share the deep interests a little bit when you get a compliment or somebody saying you're you're doing a great job or you really understand Mm -hmm. your kid you tend to think in your head or say out loud thanks and then in your head you're thinking of the three other things that aren't going well or that you feel like you're falling short in yeah but yeah but we've got this going on as if we need to balance the positive with the negative whenever we get a positive like just holding together these positives and these 
these strengths, these assets, the relationships mm-hmm. that we have, that our kids have, um, even if it looks different from other families, like it counts, it matters, if it gives you the warm fuzzies when right. you see somebody interacting with your kid, name it, claim it, and count it as your gratitude practice. Yeah, you know? <laughs> for sure. I think, you know, that's kind of what we wanted to do with this episode was just take that moment to say, hey, there there are some really, you know, wonderful people and, and things that people have mm-hmm. said or done, and um, you are doing a good job. Um, and so just take that in and, and you know, feel good about that for, mm-hmm. for a moment because we do get kind of caught up in the, the monkey mind chatter, right, right. of, like, negativity. And so... Mm-hmm. And yeah. specific, the situation that it came from. Like, these are specific specific stories that stuck with us. And that's how I think not just generally I'm doing a great job vaguely, but really think about what are you doing well? What are you, I love getting out and playing outside or being creative, taking risks or Mm -hmm. letting my kids get really messy and not really caring. Like those are all cool assets that you can kind of name and um, appreciate about yourself. Yeah, we would love to have you guys share some of your stories with us, too, in the notes or, you know, on Facebook or wherever you can find us. Um, You know, some of these stories are are literally from nine years ago for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they do stick with you. And I'm sure that you if you have a moment and maybe you're stuck in kind of those those negative thoughts, maybe this is a way to flip that around and think of um, some really good things that people have said and done for you. So, right. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We invite you to sit with or walk, kid chase, drive, or snuggle up with today's conversation in the back of your mind. Did you find kernels of joy or reassurance? Where did you feel some resistance? Let us know so we can learn and grow together. You can comment and subscribe to the podcast at www.cea4, that's the number four, autism.org. This is Communities Engaging Autism's website. Share the podcast with members of your village to strengthen those essential connections. And above-